This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from clickorlando.com, this is News 6 at... This is a new six plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's fourth estate. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. Welcome everyone to another edition of Florida's fourth estate. Today, we found ourselves in a very precarious position where many of us had to dust off our Bibles to look. <laughs> Well, first off, Ginger, you shouldn't be dusting <laughs> off your Bible. That means you haven't read it in a while. Or I memorized it early on. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ginger Gadsden. I'm Matt Austin, and we're so glad to have you with us for another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. This one's going to be interesting because on the news, we started noticing that some biblical diseases started making a comeback in what the state of Florida. Leprosy, yeah. malaria. These are two things I never thought we would be talking about again on the news. And Ginger, they've made a comeback all of a sudden. You know, when I heard leprosy at first, I thought, are they mistaken? Are they trying to say something else? And they just um, mistakenly like, said leprosy. I don't, new? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it just made you, it made everyone pause. But the good news is, I don't think we really have to be in a state of panic about it all at least that's what we're hoping to find out anyway that's right and we have uh, the perfect person to help us uh, guide us through this whole situation we have dr elizabeth barrero infectious disease physician she's with health first she's one of the leaders over there and uh, we thought she'd be the perfect person to talk to dr barrero thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me oh it's our pleasure okay so we're all hearing about this we're gonna start with leprosy <laughs> A sentence I never thought I'd say. This time we're going to start with leprosy. Um, so tell us what we're seeing. I mean, I know it's not very common right now, and we're not trying to freak people out. We just, on our show, we like to, when people start hearing things on the news, we like to figure out, you know, what the deal is. Should we actually be worried about this? So just kind of tell us about the origins of leprosy in Florida all of a sudden. So leprosy is a disease, as you know, you just mentioned, it's, a, it's a, you know, an old disease, biblical disease. It's never been able to be eradicated. Um, the source of, of new cases that we're seeing are probably patients or people, individuals who are uh, traveling out of the country into uh, areas that leprosy is endemic. And I'm just going to make a mention a few countries like Nepal and India, uh, Brazil is commonly known to carry leprosy endemically, um, Malaysia. So those are tr countries that when individuals go um, and uh, travel, they bring it back with them sometimes and they don't even know they're exposed. Um, also, uh, leprosy has been found to be naturally uh, a, in a ve vector, we call them vectors or carriers, uh, in the nine 
ba ninth band armadillo. So the armadillo, if uh, everybody doesn't know, is uh, kind of endemic in southern states. Um, it's seen in Texas. It's seen in Louisiana. It's seen in South California. Uh, it's seen in Georgia and now um, obviously in the state of Florida. So they are natural carriers of the disease without being affected by it. Um, and individuals who come into contact with these organisms, these organisms via contaminated tissues of the armadillo, um, actually are exposed to it. And those are the uh, concerns that we have. Um, the actual organism that causes leprosy, which is a mycobacterium leprae organism, is found in soil too. So there's really uh, a diverse distribution of this uh, worldwide, but you know we kind of see it in in these places across the world. Oh, and it caught our attention because we're starting to see, you know, there are fewer than uh, maybe a hundred or so cases worldwide, but we've had some here in Florida. So that's what caught our attention. If it is detected, it is very treatable. But the problem I've read is it can be in you for a long time and you don't know you have it. Is that true? Correct. Symptoms take a long time to develop after exposure. About once every two weeks when I'm running around my neighborhood, I see a dead armadillo being scavenged by vultures. <laughs> and I'm going to be giving them a much wider berth now uh, when it comes to, <laughs> to my uh, daily runs. So, okay, Doc, let's talk about what you see when you... So is it like old school Bible leprosy if somebody gets it? I mean, like deformities and all of that, or is it sort of a watered down version thousands of years later? I think uh, as people have better, you know, medical care and attention and access to care, they're more likely to not reach that stage that you recall in the Bible times, right, with the big lumps and and um, deformities that we see. Nowadays, they're more apt to seek medical attention. So things to look out for are rashes that do not heal on your face, on your trunk, and your lower extremities. Um, lymph nodes that do not go away over a period of time and continue to grow. Uh, lymph nodes could be found anywhere on the neck, the groin, the axilla. Um, and in particular, pay attention to uh, areas that are open wounds that have loss of sensation or changes in sensation. We call them paresthesia. Those are areas that you must bring to your uh, to medical attention or your healthcare provider as soon as possible. The question I have is, one of the things you said early on, it's been around for so long. Why haven't we been able to eradicate it? I think because in the medical community, there's no clear linkage. And because of that, it's very hard to identify and control it. Um, we have great medications for treatment, but once once we've identified it, right? But it's very difficult to know where it, it, we know it resides in this, in the dirt, in soil, and in these armadillos. But apart from that, there's very little understood about it. It's a long disease, even for developing symptoms. And even the treatment portion is many months to become clear from it. Treatment is six months to a year. Is that right? And most people may not even stick with that. Correct. Yeah, it's a very difficult treatment. I mean, there is great treatment out there. It usually consists of two to four anti-microbacterial agents, um, but the treatment really involves six to 12 to even 18 months, depending on where the 
uh, organ or the tissue that's affected. And it requires strict scrutiny mm -hmm. and monitoring by an infectious disease professional and expert mm -hmm. because there's it's a complicated treatment and it requires um, a lot of monitoring because of drug-drug interactions and side effect profile. Yeah, it sounds complex. So like back in the day, if someone had leprosy, they were shunned from the village. They had to stay away from everybody so nobody else caught it. So once you get it from an armadillo or the soil or wherever, can that person then transmit it to another person? How does that work? So it's thought that that was the issue, but it's it's not true. You know, I think that's a myth that it's highly contagious. Um, I think back in the day, you still wanted to quarantine people because there was so little understood about the disease. But um, I think nowadays, as long as the person doesn't have prolonged contract with another contact, I'm sorry, with another individual, you're okay. You're not going to acquire it from touching someone immediately that has leprosy. Uh, we still recommend using protection because we don't understand that much about it. So we still recommend that if you do come in contact with a person who has active leprosy or is being treated with it, um, you know, just keep your distance. That's the only thing. Um, but it's not that contagious, really. Don't you feel the lepers were in a leper colony back in biblical times because they just weren't good to look at? It made people feel uncomfortable, yep. I think, and they just kind of shunned them. And it's like, you're better if no one sees you. I, I, I agree with you. I think it was more an aesthetic uh, uh, issue than anything else. And, you know, for many years, I, I come from Louisiana, LSU, and um, there is actually an, a leprosy colony there from, from 30 years ago. So um, there's a major resource center, research center there. So uh, I agree, it's mostly aesthetic. It's just not pleasant. But people should not be scared of that because there's plenty of diseases that cause, you know, deformities. It doesn't have to be this one. And they're not contagious. You know, fungal skin mm -hmm. diseases are one of them that can cause the same presentation and easily treatable. So I think it shouldn't be as a scary thing to 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 you know be afraid of. I think it's more aesthetic. Yes, I agree, mm -hmm. but people shouldn't be feeling shunned because of it. Aside from if I'm a, an armadillo tamer at the zoo, <laughs> or if I'm like <laughs> scraping them up off the ground for roadkill, everybody doesn't really have to walk around worrying about this right now, right, Doc? No, not at all. It's still very rare in terms of, uh, you know, a condition that we see pop up. Yes, we see several cases, you know, in the last decade, you're seeing a lot of increase, but overall, it's still considered a rare disease. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Matt has made some bad, some poor choices if he's scraping an armadillo off the side of a road. It could happen. Hey, I still, it still could happen to me. You never know. From a disease that you probably don't have to worry so much about to one that could be lethal if you get it. We're going to stick with Dr. Elizabeth Barrera, who's going to tell us about malaria kind of creeping back into Florida. See you right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with us and sticking around for the uh, second part of this edition of Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone, because we're talking about something uh, that's really kind of a big deal here in Florida. And it got our attention because we are constantly being bombarded by mosquitoes, and it is one of the ways in which we get malaria. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Barrero has been kind enough to stick around with us. We talked about leprosy on the other side of the break, but now we're talking about, <laughs> I know it's a fun filled Florida for the state. Right. Um, <laughs> so now we're talking about malaria. I was looking at the symptoms and it just seems like almost any other disease that makes you feel bad. T talk a little bit about how we know we have something going on because they talk about fever, vomiting, nausea. Uh, how do we know it's malaria? You can have fever, night sweats, nausea, vomiting, headaches. It's just a very generalized kind of symptomatology. And the majority of patients that come in with malaria to the hospital system is because they have high, high fever. Um, anything like neck pain, uh, confusion, fevers greater than 103 leads them to seek medical attention right away, which is a good thing because uh, the there is a specific type of malaria um, which we call Plasmodium falciparum, which can be life-threatening. Uh, so medical attention immediately needs to be sought. So how many people are we talking here, Doc, in the state of Florida? Because I heard Florida, there aren't like a ton of cases, but the majority of the cases in America are happening in Florida, it seems. So you're absolutely right. I think Ginger mentioned it best in, in, in her intake where... It has to do with the mosquitoes, right? Because we have locally acquired malaria because of the mosquitoes where they reside. Um, and they are the number one transmitters of malaria. And uh, many times it, it could be also people who travel to foreign countries and bring back malaria. Uh, so South America is commonly known, Africa, Asia. Uh, malaria is basically a worldwide disease. Uh, there has been many efforts uh, amongst the World Health Organization to kind of control it. Uh, but uh, the, they even came up with a vaccine that was approved, uh, you know, earlier this year, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. But uh, it has to do a lot with where the vector is. Uh, and if the vector is localized to areas of high incidence of where mosquito burden is, that's where you're going to start to see trends and in increasing in cases. Okay, I had read something about a vaccine. I was going to ask you how effective uh, that is, but I would imagine since it has not been available that long, we may not know the answer to that yet. Right. Right now, they just approve it for certain countries in Africa. Like, um, I think the governor in Ghana has approved it and they bought it from GlaxoSmithKline um, and they rolled it out probably early summer. So there's not a lot of data or information concerning its effectivity in terms of actual usage presently. Um, it's not readily available yet in the U.S. So right now, we do recommend that if you are traveling to one of these foreign countries that malaria is endemic, you seek uh, the assistance of a uh, travel medicine specialist or an infectious disease specialist. They will tend to give you chemoprophylaxis before you go traveling, so you won't come back with these symptoms, with the symptoms of malaria or bring back malaria itself. So are we thinking that the majority of the cases are people who went to another country, caught malaria, Correct. came back, and then we treated them with malaria? Or there could be mosquitoes in the state of Florida flying around with malaria? Is that even a possibility? 
So I would say both, but the more common denominator here is people traveling, international travelers bringing back malaria. The thing is, we all love to travel. Um, Matt and I both are, are big travelers, and I, I particularly love it. And it seems as if lately we've been seeing these diseases because I think I read we had eradicated malaria in the 1950s, but mm -hmm. yet here it is again. And the same thing with leprosy. We had not heard about leprosy and <laughs> centuries it seems like i think that and, and it's also related to changes in in the atmosphere right we've had a more than rainy season these last six months in florida the breeding ground for mosquitoes is just optimal you know um i, I think that has contributed a bit to these cases that you're start, starting to see I'm sorry, it's starting to see in the news increasing in malaria, but it's still travelers, it's still considered a traveler's disease. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, since we're on the topic of mosquito-borne illness, one thing we talked about a ton on the news for a while was Zika. Ginger and I have talked about this a lot off camera. Like, <laughs> whatever happened to Zika? You know I had to ask about it. Because we, I mean, we if you had a pregnant wife or... Uh, whatever. At that time, everybody was like, oh my gosh, my baby's going to be born with this de deformity. And uh, it just seemed to leave the news. So what happened to Zika, Doc? I think as, as uh, you know, the Florida State Health Department and other departments of health throughout the country became more aware and they collaborated with counties in terms of uh, mosquito eradication mitigation programs with aerial and ground spraying. Um, they, they've been so diligent about eliminating any pockets that they can find that we've, you know, that kind of put that in the back burner. So the particular mosquito that transmitted, we, we haven't seen it around anymore. Now it takes a lot, right? It takes a lot of coordination from the health departments and the counties to really continuously mitigate um, and and continues their spraying insecticides and spraying is the only thing to prevent the vector from coming back. So I think they did a really good job when Zika came out, and um, they're doing a really good job now to keep it at bay. So on a scale of one to nuclear, with nuclear obviously being <laughs> the worst, how worried should we be about oh. malaria? Because we talked about. Uh, Leprosy, probably something we shouldn't be terribly worried about, but we live in Florida and mosquitoes are everywhere and it's moist and it's warm all the time. Um, there are certain circumstances where you should be a little bit, a heightened awareness, I should say, because if you do have high fevers and you do uh, have significant amount of mosquito bites and you do meet all the criteria in terms of um, symptoms right seek medical attention right away don't take that upon yourself to to uh, you know stay home and take to tylenols or advils um, mm -hmm. if 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 you check all the boxes like i say if you are in a place that is endemic if there have been cases that reported if you do have a travel history of of visiting these places where malaria is endemic and you do reside next to lakes or you know uh or or where mosquitoes are uh, a common ground, and you do develop symptoms, seek medical attention right away. You said there's one particular strain of malaria that can be deadly. Have they found that strain in the state of Florida? Sadly to say, they have. 
<laughs> so um, they have had cases of that particular strain in Florida. Where have they found that strain in Florida? Do you remember? Do you recall? Because I know people will ask. Um, <laughs> South Florida, Palm Beach uh, County, most commonly, um, historically, right? Not the yeah. strains that they found now, not really in the last few months, but historically in the past in that region. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain some complicated stuff to us and really uh, tell us, you know, watch out for it, but there's nothing to keep us up at night. So that was nice of you. To feel a little right. better. Yes. Yeah, I thank feel you. much better. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.